0: Tonight on Twilight Tonic, I have an amazing man. Um, actually, there was another amazing man that worked with him on this book, The Deception of Gods and Man, Brian Barry Fitzgerald and Brian Allen, who is the, also the other author of this fantastic book. Barry has 30 years of experience in the paranormal in several books out on Amazon. Welcome, Barry. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you very much, uh, Denise, for having me on. It's a great pleasure.
0: Yes, your book has blown my mind, Barry. I am not going to lie. Wow. And you were on Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International and won uh, an award for your work. I have to ask Mm -hmm. one question. How is the paranormal, metaphysical, and religious communities handling you guys' book?
1: Um, relatively tamely, I was expecting more of a kickback, to be honest, um, because of, because of some of the, the, the items that, that are raised within the book. Um, I was, I was definitely expecting a bigger kickback, but if anything, it, the book has been embraced and, uh, and that, that was, a, that was a, that was a real shock for me, I, I, if, if I'm completely honest, um, Because a lot of those experiences that that were written about in the book, the knowledge that was gained from that were the experiences that I had within the the various different fringe research fields. Mm -hmm. Um, And from those experiences, then I'm able to break the experience down and and understand it better. And and also within that, I was also able to see a weakness with the phenomena that was coming through that up until that particular point, we weren't really talking about. And, uh, and this is something that, that, that I wanted to put, to, to put into the book to, to make us aware that there are, there are ways out for people who are having trouble with this various, with the phenomena in its various, various forms.
0: Yes. You know, and the other thing is I, I grew up Catholic like a lot of people till mm. I was 13 Yes. My question to you is: Lords, um, mm. Saint Bernadette, and all of that, in yes. the shiny uh-huh. ones, in the, the bright ones, those hit me hard in the book.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. I was I was expecting that to be honest, um, because we really confront um, these topics that need to be addressed and analyzed with 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 a better um, uh, microscope and and the shining ones are a perfect example of how this manipulation and deceptive nature can interact with us. Now don't get me wrong there are there are positive encounters but but when we start looking at specific encounters, we can see that there are fractures within the story that don't that don't add up. Mm-hmm. And Lourdes is one of those particular places in France. And you see, when these these entities, the shining ones in particular, when they manifest, you tend to find them manifesting around uh, stone plateaus, cliff faces, or cave systems, for instance. You'll find right across a lot of the the religions around the world, you tend to find these things emanating from from the various different rock strata. Uh, And... uh, Lords was no different because all of a sudden this this being appeared after a, a, a slight alarming noise that alerted um, um, Saint Bernadette's to the to, to something else happening, and uh, all of a sudden standing in the mouth of the cave was this shining one, and it wasn't spoken about a lot um, within within the main. Um, reporting of of the encounter through the religion because it had smoothed by that stage by the time religion had 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 brought out their interpretation a lot of that had been smoothed out a lot of those fractures had been smoothed out and and to what we have today Mm. but initially this being appeared dressed in clothing that mimicked um, um other children within within the, the area um, and it, it wore this this blue lapel that uh, that was indicative of this particular movement that the children were part of. Now it didn't speak to Bernadette whenever it initially appeared it mimicked what Bernadette was doing wow uh, in itself in the early in the early uh, sta- in the early stages um, and, and Bernadette's own words herself she did not know what she was looking at. This, this, this particular person was smaller than Bernadette, but the, the, the images that were carved out and, and, and are known um, today as Our Lady, Bernadette herself even, she was furious because when she seen the, the, the statues being carved, she says, that is not what I saw. And in the early stages, Bernadette referred to the entity as that thing not our lady it was that thing her instinct was still guiding her through that particular stage before the church got it and manipulated it into what it is today yeah. so there were th- those those elements of fracture wow. that do appear and 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 certainly um over in, in eastern europe mm-hmm. we also find that as well within the 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 phenomenon surrounding um, michigor mm-hmm. and and even the church today, you know, there, there were there were people within the church who see midjigori as demonic in nature. But when we consider within the book itself the complete uh, this complete approach, mm-hmm. um, um, or appreciation of the phenomena, this aspect of demon is just simply another mask, right? And, uh, of the way that the, the phenomena interacts with us. So yeah, it wow. it, it, it was a it, it,
0: And I also found it so interesting um, that people talk, when they talk about demons, one thing that Mm. I've heard you say is be careful who you're calling upon to get rid of the demon you have already in your house are a so-called demon.
1: Yes. That, wow. (laughs) Yeah. it, It can be problematic because when, when we consider that what we're doing almost resembles an esoteric practice from early babylon that th- there's the potential here of what we're doing is we're relying on on what we're told is the this being this almighty wonderful being that's being called in to help us rid this 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 negative influence within your property mm-hmm. so we call in this other one and we assume because we're being told it's okay it's fine um, that everything is going to be okay. But that is not the fact. Whenever we start going back into the history of what we're calling in, again, we start seeing fractures. Right. And, and this, in, in Babylon, this similar practice in Babylon, where your house was being plagued by a negative influence, you called in a bigger negative influence mm-hmm. to correct the situation and and that's that's what seems to be playing out and uh, it, it's something you know I, I say caution right. caution understand what you're calling in and uh, uh, today we have this this huge drive um for for um, angels and guardian yeah. angels not truly understanding what a guardian angel is the guardian angel itself when we start following that particular phenomena back. It brings us back into the Roman period, where where your your um, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember the name now that it refers to, but you have this 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 entity outside, whispering to you, influencing your your thought process, your your reactions, um, and genius. Sorry, it was known as the genius, and uh, so this genius was exterior; it wasn't interior like we see it today. Mm and uh, and so this this genius of course migrates now people will say there's no connection there's no connection there is a connection there is a connection here whenever we move from genius to genai and mm-hmm. um, and we find that the genai were being were being employed um, and incorporated within the likes of of Palmyra in Syria, which was which was a crossroads for the Roman for the Roman Empire into the uh, the kingdom of of, of Arabia, um, and that's where we were finding the jinn as well. So when we start looking back at this aspect of guardian angel, we track it back to that particular period in which the thing that was whispering to you and guiding you is not necessarily demonic um it is it is it is you know it has its, its foundations within those world of that that world of the jinn mm. um and, and and angels in itself angels didn't exist before 547 bc and um, that was a creation to really um, um emphasize this monotheistic um, um worship that was being that was being um, tried to be to, tried to be ruled out at that particular time um, within Babylon, so there were there were situations like that that we need to consider We, we need to understand what we 're calling it, mm-hmm. um, and are there archetypes that we are creating that can be easily taken over by other nefarious um, uh, energies um, in which then we 're trying to incorporate that within our lives and um, so there are things we need to consider and and this goes all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. And it goes all the way down to the bottom. So we need, we, we really, education is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Our ancestors left us a vast amount of information. And it is something that, that I find today we're inclined to throw to the wayside because within our short lifespan, what experiences we have determines whether um, things are real or not. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we, we just cast away what our ancestors have left us, what their experiences, their accumulative experiences have been over the thousands of years with this phenomenon.
0: Right. Do you think because of the angels and the way that the Christians, and I have nothing against Christianity whatsoever, but their Mm. views on angels and hell, and I read in your book that hell was not the place <laughs> we see it now is the church do you, do you believe the church is in on some of this do they have this
1: knowledge well, the, the, yeah the, the church the church of course um, um, really sided with the Greek interpretation mm-hmm. of 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 and of course amalgamated that into what we know hell to be today this place of eternal damnation mm-hmm. um, and darkness and torture and everything else for the Greeks that was known as Hades mm-hmm. Um but but we also have to consider that that in Nordic traditions, pre-Christian traditions, uh, there were places there that that I do find evidence for even within Ireland, supporting evidence that uh, that there were places where that, that, that spoke of this this other alternative place, where you went through a gate and um, You went through the, this huge gate into this beautiful green valley of flowers and beautiful sky and uh, and everything else. And today we would see that as heaven. Yeah, that itself is that. That's that's a perfect place to be. But to those, to that, to that civilization, to that culture, that was known as hell, and that was governed by the goddess Helen. Now, by no means was 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 Hela. Um, this evil tormenting being. Okay. You no, know, she she governed that particular place because this was a place that we went to. It was like it was like a bus station, and and we went there. And from that particular place in which we met many people and and, and everything was good, then we moved on to where we needed to be.
0: Mm.
1: And 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 that that's really what it was. Hell was a staging post to your next um, course. Um, but today, that association, of course, has become much darker and tainted right. with the influence of Hades and stuff like that.
0: Interesting. Also, what I find really interesting about your book is you say these beings, you say there's two races. And are they, mm. are they drawn to, you said they're drawn to our light? Yes. Is it something mm-hmm. they don't have? Or is it something they crave? Or have they lost their light?
1: It's how they see us. And uh, they, you know there, there was research that was done um, within the paranormal field mm-hmm. that, uh, that went global. And during, during um, AVP sessions, the same question was being asked time and time again, which we got back the same answer time and time again. Mm-hmm. North and south of the hemisphere, how do you see us? It kept coming back as light. Mm. So I remember there there was one book that I wrote back in 2012, it's called The Influence, which looks at attachments, and how they attach to us and what they do to us biologically, how our bodies react Mm. to that attachment, and the reasons why that happens, and how we can turn that back. But during that initial, the initial writing of that book, I was given a message and uh, a very, very strange one, which I didn't fully understand at the time, in which it said, don't become too bright or they see you. Wow! And then later on, I get, I, I, I get the, the, the information about, about the experiment within the paranormal field. How do you see us? As light. It all made sense right. at that particular point. So as, 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 as people going into a paranormal uh, situation, um, I, I often practice that technique of when I need those yeah. those abilities to come forth, I will certainly bring them forth um, and expose that light. But I bring it back again when I've used it and 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 and, and put it back in the box, as mm-hmm. they say, uh, and and move on. Because in today's society, we know this. We know this for certain. Bright light attracts flies. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's something I live my life by, um, and and the words, the warnings that were given to me writing that book don't become too bright, or they see you.
0: Hmm. Wow. So, my most obvious question next is: ghost hunters, people that hmm. seek spirits, sometimes they must not know what they're burning in.
1: That's yes. Um, that is that is something that really needs to be addressed um, and uh, is, is something that, that I'm continually trying um, in my meagre efforts to, to rectify um, and understand what we're dealing with. By no means am I saying we shouldn't do it. Right. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying we need to air caution. We need to slow down. And these, w- when... When we have beneficial encounters and, and encounters which are of a positive nature, um, it's okay to ask that particular entity for, for, to, to rectify or to clarify a particular phrase or statement that it had made that maybe you're not necessarily convinced by. You want to clarify that. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But what I discovered is that on a lot of occasions... When we do try and clarify, it hightails it out of there. Now, that speaks volumes to me. Mm-hmm. That speaks that, well, hold on a second now, this could be an indicator of a certain amount of deception in their part. And this brings us back to who we are as, as a species. I, I tend to find that during encounters with this particular phenomenon in, in, its, in its multifaceted ways, we we can get for instance, three back-to-back lies and one truth through that, through that interaction. And for some bizarre reason, we take those three lies and throw them out the back door and concentrate on the one truth that it gives us. So everything's fine because it told us the truth on that one occasion. Mm-hmm. No, that's not what we should do. We should cut the, the, cut the communication immediately. And and seek out something that we can form a, 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 a trust with, um, and trust goes both ways. Right. There's a certain amount of trust that they have to find in us, and there's a certain amount of trust we have to find in them. Absolutely. Now, what are they? That's the big question, um, and that's something that we tend to we ad- we we wanted to address within the book as to what information do we have? Where does it point us to? Um, and uh, and where does it originate? Right. And and for for us to do that, we needed to understand who we were as a species. What was inside, if anything? What was inside this meat suit uh, uh, that we find existence in? And from that, looking at, at at the the information left to us by our ancestors, we clearly see that there are two various spiritual aspects to us within this forming this unique Trinity mm-hmm. if you like and so to, in today's society we use soul and spirit we find that term very interchangeable mm-hmm. but that was never meant to be the case Spirit was here for the experience it was experiential and um, whereas the soul the soul's job it's design was to make sure that the body survived long enough for the soul, to, for, for the spirit to experience. But the souls, the, the, the soul itself, it, it really works best in our lowest intentions. It, it, it deals with our wants, our needs. A very basic rudimentary um, aspect of humanity. And some people would say probably our worst traits mm-hmm. of humanity Um, But within that, within our our seat of of the soul, I also call it our shadow, Mm -hmm. um, we also find that all our traits, all our psychic abilities, our our signatures of the soul, everything that that we possess that we would recognize as psychic, we we would certainly um, push out and, and, and focus on our signatures of the soul. Uh, the likes of remote viewing and um, mm-hmm. prophetic dreams and um, sensing the environment is another key signature of of the soul right um and uh, and that plays out through the body because the soul obviously is drawing the information from the exterior and that's the information of that then is being manifested through the body, which instigates our fight or flight, our response, our seat, our intuition.
0: Absolutely. So you're saying if we feel something that's not right, leave.
1: If we feel something that's not right, it's our, it's our shadow telling us, be aware right. there's another shadow here.
0: Gotcha. The other thing that's fascinating to me is... The Fae, Bigfoot, oh, yeah. and UFOs. And mm-hmm. they're, you know, you said something in the book that fascinated me completely. Whenever they appear, so do unidentified mm-hmm. flying objects are a mm-hmm. light in the mm-hmm. sky. That, to me, yes. is very, very connected.
1: Oh, it it, it is, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's strange that that over the course of our time, we were finding... In the early in the early research um, to mid mid twentieth century, that 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 information was being pigeonholed. So the likes of Bigfoot stayed neatly within a box created for Bigfoot, and, and UFOs were created specifically into a, and forced into a little box mm-hmm. specifically for UFOs. And when we when we found encounters where bigfoot was seen in conjunction with the ufo being seen those were thrown to the wayside because they didn't fit in the pigeonholes and that was a grave mistake because they are connected and and this this is a this is this particular book exposes those common threads that weaves its way through many of the fringe research fields and uh, for instance, you know there are. If if we just examine ufology for for a second, we have within within the aspect of ufology, we have um, that that um, aspect of of abduction, um, of the way that they interact, this the flashing light, um, the the mutilation is another key point that that's involved, and there are many many lists of connections that fit neatly into the world of the fae. They do the exact same thing 200 years ago than what we identify today within the truest sense of of ufology, not the manufactured one. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a distinction there between the manufactured one, the ones that we create, and the ones that originate from beyond the void. Right.
0: Do you you think there are many species of fae?
1: Uh, no, I believe that they're all the same. Okay, so the cute—I believe it originates from the same source. Uh, and to do, to understand that, we have passage chambers here in Ireland oh. that were built um, of the Neolithic period. They were built before the Great Pyramids of Giza, mm-hmm. and and those particular passage chambers—these these huge bundles of stone that are littered littered across the tops of our mountain tops, um. Are also places that were that were known that the, that the fairy came through. Now, in Irish tradition, they were called the she. So, when you've got an entity known as, for instance, the the banshee, this this entity that comes forth and, and screams and wails and um, announcing a death, mm-hmm. the, we have to understand that that the name itself breaks down um, into ban, meaning woman, and she. Um, uh, within the modern context is of the fairy but that's not actually quite true because she was also a reference to the passage chamber and the stone structures so now we understand it's woman of the mounds and these mounds were built by the people who came from the curtail present mesopotamia Mm. and when i was going through some of the uh, recently for a new project I was going through some of the uh, some of the, uh, the the clay tablets um, and, and in the cuneiform texts, they speak of an entity that is identical to what we would see here in Ireland and identify as the Banshee um, from the same place that the builders of those structures came from. Um, so it looks like she's, she has traveled with them to come to here, but um, I have to say that these particular beings uh, came through those stone structures to here and this is another key factor where we find this connection back to stone the shining ones um, and and various others um that that connect us back to stone and there was there was a i was i was doing a podcast last night mm-hmm. And I was reminded of, of work that's done by, by um, an American there called uh, David Politus, mm-hmm. And he wrote a, a wonderful series of books called Missing 411. Of yeah. these strange appearances of people that go missing in the, in the U.S. state parks. And he's on record as saying that the majority of people who vanish disappear in boulder fields
0: mm-hmm.
1: or back to the rocks. UFOs are seen um, exiting and entering the sides of mountains, cliff faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we 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 get this right across right across the board, and and going back into ancient uh, English traditions, of, of course, you know there's an entity there that was also known and connected with with the uh, with with fairy traditions. That that then when we track the name back, we it goes through from 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 late English into into um, uh, mid French, and then back into Germanic. Um, references in which it, it's stated as being kob, a cobe um, and cobe itself means hole in rock right so we've got this 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 aspect again in, in its, at, right at its raw sense of this being comes through the rocks so we have we have this 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 key the, the, this key component of these entities coming through the rocks coming from the same source. And this is something that, that we've seen within, within um, investigations within the science fields, of which the Skoll experiment was, was in uh, the, the value that was reaped from, from the Skoll experiences, the Skoll experiments over a five year period was invaluable to the field. And, and within, within those um, um, seances, there were two held a day for five years or sorry, two a week for five years. And uh, and within the science, the scientists became um, 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 involved and they wanted to experience this and observe it for themselves. The phenomenon made its appearance. And I'm talking about phenomena that not only produced nuts and bolts, mm-hmm. miniature UFOs, I'm also talking about, about um, um, bits of human bodies that appeared and and would have the fingers and hands would have touched the shoulder of the sitter and the, the person would have run their hand in darkness down the arm until they got to the elbow and there was nothing after the elbow wow um, so these were the, these were the manifestations that were coming through they were also able to see this shining veil within within the within the basement Mm-hmm. This doorway to this other place. And we were told, and not only does, does the prolific experiencer of, of out-of-body experiences, Robert Monroe, speak about this, but we also seen it through interaction with a with, with a, um, a, a an entity within the Skull experiment known as Sharon S, mm-hmm. that explained that it came from a dimension that is very, very close to ours. Wow. And this gets us back into this v- beyond the veil is a veil, is, is a world of nothing, absolute nothing, and that's where this particular phenomenon is leaking through from.
0: That is horrifying.
1: Oh, it is! It is in a sumptuous sense. You know, and, and <laughs> I think to myself after the book was written, I, I began to, to wonder. About this aspect of, you know, we're mm. we're obviously looking for alien life and and everything else across through throughout our universe, and uh, you know, this idea I, I began to wonder: well, does this aspect of the soul is it ours, mm. or is this something else that we thought was ours? exactly and um, you know does this does this leak through from somewhere else and 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 we there, this symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. is is developed with, within the body um, what if it didn't originate with us what if it originated somewhere else and we're looking across the, the gulf of space when we should have been looking to inner space right
0: it's just the whole thing just gives me chills thinking that <laughs> there's nothing and then there's an arm and a human body part, and that's yeah. that brings yeah, us yeah. to well, a whole different level of thought.
1: Oh, it, it, it <laughs> does, it does. But you know, th- th- the thing is that that the rules that were being placed on on the the folks in in sc- the school mm-hmm. experiment by these alleged spirits of the deceased, you know, there were restrictions such as you had to work in almost darkness because that interferes with the manifestation. But 20 years before that, within Livermore Laboratories, the scientists there were having the same encounters as what they were having in school. This was nothing new, mm-hmm. but they were having it in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. And the phenomenon was following the, the scientists' home. Mm-hmm. And it got to such a stage where the scientists thought they were going to go crazy. These this There was one arm in particular, that appeared, and it had a hook on the end of it. It appeared in the middle of the room, hovering in the room, and moved in such a way that it was showing off the hook. Oh, my gosh. And then vanished. There were, there were huge birds that appeared within the bedrooms of the scientists, um, and uh, and nothing like we have here in in this reality. Um, They were just manifesting. You said birds, and, correct? Uh, birds, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, it it really does. It really does <laughs> bring us back to this aspect of the phenomena that's being reported in in Utah, yeah, in Skinwalker Ranch. These these creatures that are appearing from nowhere and vanishing again mm-hmm. back somewhere else.
0: And I find that so interesting. You notice, like when you read books on UFOs and you talk to people, mm-hmm. the owls. Yes. Uh-huh. Brings me back uh-huh. to the owl each time. As soon as you said birds, I find that, yeah, fascinating, scary but fascinating.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the owl itself, that's quite possible, is a screen memory, mm. um, of of something that that initially screen memories we have to understand are developed to protect the mind. Um, from what we're seeing of something of a negative nature, right. so instead, um, we our minds can interpret and record the phenomena as being something completely different, more mundane, mm-hmm. easier for us to to, to swallow. Um, and on the other on other occasions when we have interaction with UFOs, that screen memory can be um, uh, imposed by them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it covers their tracks, and and we forget in in some ways uh, as as to what they did and how they interacted with us. Because within that interaction, there is a a huge amount of information that is valuable to us to understand how we can stop this from happening.
0: Amazing. Wow. I can say one thing right now. You blew my mind about fairies. (laughs) It makes me wonder, you know, when they say, you give them like an offering that's just mm. inviting trouble in then.
1: Um, I, I prefer not to, to give the offerings and um, because by doing that, that puts them on a pedestal and, mm-hmm. um, and, and they become more than us. So I prefer to deal with them on, on the level playing field. Okay. Um, and and when I when I say that I deal with them on the level playing field, I recognise that that the way that they wish to be interpreted, the way they wish to be seen, is something that they instil within us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I recognise that, but I also recognise that this this particular energy originates from the same source. And right. um, how it wishes to predict, to, to depict itself. Is entirely up to it. I don't really care, mm-hmm. um, but it's the way that it, it, it's to understand and, and 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 really drive that home of what we're dealing with. Right. That's the important thing, and and how we then can step out of this continual um, deceptive. Um, um show that we find ourselves embroiled in. You see, whenever, whenever the lights of UFOs and things like that, when when we have this encounter, the flashing light in the sky and things mm-hmm. like that, we have a 20-second rule. And, and what tends to happen is that within that 20 seconds, if we have a good immune system, if we have, if we have um, um a healthy, a healthy body, um, our fight or flight engages within 20 seconds our shadow our soul is telling us this is not what it seems right. you're you, you need to get ready to move so the body engages the adrenaline is, the adrenaline is released within the 20 seconds that's our gift of discernment that's that's how we know this is not what it seems right. if everything was peaceful if everything was fine our our soul our shadow doesn't detect the deceit so it, our fight or flight does not engage. That is that is that's the general rule of how you weigh this phenomenon up. Right. But after it passes 20 seconds, they can start to engage and force our brain into a theta rhythm.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And that's where hypnotic suggestion can be implanted. That's where um, the, the false memory can be implanted, screen memories and things like again. So those are things that we need to be cognizant. About and understand the signals that are coming through us from our instinct to um, um, evaluate the situation and, and breaking down in front of us. Right,
0: and that's probably why they come to most people at night when they're most vulnerable.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there, there, there are the the. Again, you know, you find the, these common factors of of some of the, the horror stories of what the those nasty little greys do to people and, and everything else. Um, and uh, when we go back into the world of the fairy, we also find accounts of that. When we go back into the medieval period, we find we find wooden carvings of of demons, little imps <laughs> who are using sharp implements, stabbing people. In, in the abdomens, excuse me. And um, so we, we've got, we, you know, this phenomenon just keeps going back and back and back. And the way that we track it is not via the mask in which it interacts with us, it's via the phenomena. Mm-hmm. And that's how we track it. The way it interacts with us is, is important um and uh, and understanding our own biology, understanding the likes of iron, the use of iron, and how the likes of certain aspects of this energy when it comes through the like the incubus succubus um they attack women more so than men mm-hmm. um at times when women enter their monthly cycles, they become anemic, yeah, and for many, the iron has reduced to a a, a, a drastic amount that's when the door opens and they attack. Wow. Uh, so when the iron is maintained, when the iron is monitored, they stay away. So that, that, is, that is valuable. Um, and, and certainly for me, whenever I'm out mm-hmm. during my investigations, which are still active, right. I find myself on top of mountains and caves and interacting with this and interacting with that, um, that the iron, I, I would wear an iron amulet. And when that's around my neck, I'm not bothered whatsoever. Hmm. But that rule changes when I go underground. Really? So that's something to bear in mind. And I still don't understand why, why that would happen. But I think the the iron itself boosts because we produce an electromagnetic field. And when iron is introduced to that electromagnetic field, Hmm. it raises the power of that magnetic field. So um so when when our uh, iron is reduced, then the, the obviously that's going to have an effect on the energy that we produce. Mm-hmm. The defense that we have is 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 greatly affected. But why that happens when we go underground is something I still don't understand. That's something I'm working on.
0: Wow. I find that interesting. Is the race or whatever energy is that their playground? Is that where they reside, do you think?
1: oh no, their playground is here. Mm. Absolutely. Here. Right. They, they, when, when they come through, um, they can't stay here indefinitely without latching on. Interesting. They, they have to attach. Um, and of course, that attachment then can go further. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some people who actually actively seek those attachments to allow the, the, the takeover, the removal of, of one aspect of, of the shadow and replace it with another. Mm. Um, and there are esoteric practices I'm aware of that, uh, that a, a person, a practitioner mm-hmm. who is well-versed in the arts um, can target and select a member of his own family, usually um, a young boy no more than 10 years of age. And the the... Attachment, the, or sorry, the the agreement can be can be done um, subconsciously, and he, the the practitioner can offer the child mm. an inanimate object such as a pen or a pencil, and the boy accepts that. That's the deal done. Oh my! At a point, of, at point of death, mm-hmm. the practitioner will do this several weeks before he dies. He knows death is coming. He will do this, and a death, then his shadow does not return to the void. It stays and it seeks out the boy. And usually what tends to happen is that the, the boy then, um, um, th- this imbalance is created within his trinity. Mm-hmm. And as this other shadow from from outside tries to instill its will into the boy, and this creates all havoc. Um, and in, in fact, creates something that we would, probably recognized today as schizophrenia and uh, and i suspect that there's been several on record that, that do this mm-hmm. and, and manipulating the shadow of the person's shadow of the person's soul is something which is practiced within romanian witchcraft and mm-hmm. um, something that's practiced today is still
0: wow that this is some pretty intense stuff barry
1: <laughs> i'm like <laughs> well, it's not it's not the usual chasing slammer around the property that's for sure <laughs>
0: You got that right, absolutely. Oh my gosh, no, it's not. I have to say, Um, the other thing, one more thing I want to talk about are the reptilians. I have heard so many things about the reptilians. They don't like us. They eat us. Mm. Is the other thing I've heard. What's do you think? There's a correlation between the reptilians and dragons.
1: Um, Well, the thing is, you see, with with reptilians. We we have to look at this from again, I suspect is another mask.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot a lot of the information that we have in regards to reptilians also comes from the esoteric field where we've got people who are going to the likes of the Amazon and taking uh, various different copious amounts of of um drugs there and having an experience. Mm-hmm. Now, within the laboratory tests, it was shown that that, um, taking a certain amount of DMT um, um, within this component is enough to trigger the experience. Now, when you have a certain amount, everybody that had taken that at that level all reported an experience on the other side of reality Mm -hmm. with a being that was exceptionally intelligent and didn't like stupid people um, and and um, and also, I have to say, was reptilian in nature. Okay. Every single experiencer. Now, here's the strange thing in regards to DMT. If DMT was a halluc- hallucinogenic, we are we sharing? Everyone is sharing the experience of having some encounter with some bizarrely strange reptilian natured creature. We shouldn't be sharing this but yet this is a common thing that we're sharing. Mm-hmm. So there, there is something beyond that was happening. But the problem is, you see, when, when you have that experience, there's a potential here of you of your shadow leaving your body, much the same as, as re, or, sorry, um, remote viewing. Mm-hmm. When you have the chance of leaving the body, OBE is a perfect example of that out-of-body experience, right. uh, and you leave the body behind, you leave behind your gift of discernment so you can no longer understand what you're seeing is mm-hmm. as, is as, as whether it's truthful or whether it's a lie mm-hmm. you have no way of determining that because your gift of discernment is now back in the body right. so that's that's a very dangerous place to be and and, and I, I certainly don't advocate um the use of of those of those chemicals um because it's bad enough. Um, when when I go to some of these locations, I don't need to be taking anything else right. uh, to to enhance that.
0: Wow. So Barry, if you had one message for ghost hunters, mediums, psychic intuitives, what would it be?
1: Um, question, question, what's coming through? Don't be afraid, um, and if if that particular energy does not want to be questioned. That speaks volumes. Absolutely. Always assume, always assume the worst, and you'd be surprised when you get hit with something that is positive. Um, always treat it with caution, and, and and you'll you'll do okay. Most times, than not, what I tend to find is that when you become suspicious of the of the entity, or the, what it depicts as an entity as being great anti or whatever the case may be, who deceased, who who died thirty years ago when something comes through that doesn't fit and you question that, great Auntie phyllis will disappear on a wisp um, because you've just found it out. And that entity, that energy does not want to be found out. Those secrets are not meant to be exposed. So the deceit will continue and continue and continue. We have to test what's coming through time and time again till we are confident that what we're dealing with is what it portrays itself to be. Wow.
0: Absolutely. Barry, I want to thank you. And I hope when your next book comes out, because I heard you're writing another one.
1: <laughs> I am a team well,
0: I hope you will come back on and tell the world all about it.
1: Thank you. I would love to. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank
0: you so much for coming on Twilight Tonic and taking time out of your busy schedule. And I know you're crazy busy. And please absolutely (coughs) let me know when you're coming to America and doing lectures because I want to be there.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much. You and your family have a tremendous day.